distress, I cried to Hashem and he heard me. Deliver my soul, Hashem, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you? Shalom. Hello, everybody. This is Aaron Hood uh, with Braden Waller here on the Voice of My Beloved podcast. We've got uh, some follow up uh, from our last week, um, diving into the Psalms of Ascent. Um, we may do a little bit of backtracking just because it's all connected, but um, we're going to pull out some deep truths out of the word. So I've got Braden here, and uh, Braden, what, what do we have? Yeah, so just we got the last three verses. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'll go ahead and just read them, and then we're going to unpack them. So it says, Woe is me that I dwell in Meshech, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. My soul has dwelt too long with one who hates peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. So as we mentioned before, this is the first step on the mm-hmm. Psalms of Ascent. It's uh, kind of an unusual title. It's kind of a an angsty psalm, you could say. You know? <laughs> right. uh, but to call it a song of ascent, a song about, you know, you could say an upbeat psalm. Right. <laughs> you know, a song about going up, you know. Right. But here it's got a lot of, you know, strife and struggle in it. It's turmoil, yeah. And so it's just this uh, paradox, in a way, of just there's this journey that we all begin our the need that we feel to go up right. begins a lot of times in struggle. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. We feel this need to reach for God. Right. And so that's, that's the way this journey starts. And so first five, woe is me that I dwell in Meshach. And this is very similar to a statement that Isaiah makes in chapter six of Isaiah. He says, woe is me. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And we see this connection here with uh, the lips of people, right? Uh, Isaiah is saying, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing here in Psalm 120, you know, in the first half there, talking about the the words. He's he's grieved by the the false tongue, the Mm -hmm. deceitful lips. And so there's a similarity here of just struggling with all the strife, all the hate-filled words. And Isaiah, he has the same experience. He's like, oh, woe is me. I'm I'm also a man of unclean lips, and I'm dwelling in the midst of people of unclean lips. God, help me. Right. Woe is me. And it was actually Leonard Ravenhill. He said there's a progression. There's It's woe, low, go. <laughs> and so in Isaiah 6, we see this, this recognition of inadequacy, of right. lack, of just God, woe is me. I'm, I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. I need you. It's a place of repentance. Right. And then the next stage in chapter 6 of Isaiah, he says, lo, I have cleansed you. Yeah. I've, I've taken this coal from the altar. I've cleansed your lips. And the next stage is go. Go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a cool progression. It, it's the way it should be in our lives, yeah. right? Is that we come to that place of repentance. We repent of our unclean lips. We repent of our sins. And then God purges us. He cleanses us. And then we go. Mm, and we go. We're sent out. You know, Isaiah says, here I am I. He nanny. Yeah. Here am I. Send me. And so we go forth into God's calling. Yeah, I'm just reminded of that uh, song, you know, Keith Green song, you know, Jesus commands us to go, you know, right. like it'd be the exception if we stay, right. You know, maybe it's not going to like other countries or other nations, but go out, you know, we got to right. go out with the message. It's the testimony that we have our changed life. Right. If your life's not being changed, then check and make sure that, you know, your relationship is, is really sincere. Right. Cause if it is, man, there's going to be change in your life. You're going to see some real changes. Yes. And, um, yeah, that, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So, like, really what our what comes out of our mouth, you know, the unclean lips right. is what shows us the intent of our heart, shows us the depths of our heart. And God, a lot of times, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I have been 
said something and been like, wow, where did that come from? Just right out of my mouth is where it came from. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was in there. Right. And, uh, yeah, God can do that to us, you know, have stuff come out of our mouth. We didn't even realize it was there. And, and right. it's a good thing to be, you know, to know what's in your heart. That right. way you can cleanse it out and like, some, you know, we don't even know. It's deceitful above all, you know, is what it says, right? Right. Hearts are deceitful. So those people out there are saying to you, this is a little off topic, but it's a big, big problem. People are saying like, follow your heart. Yeah. Don't follow your heart. <laughs> Do not follow your heart. Let your heart follow the word of God and let your heart be guided by the word of God. Right. Yeah. And don't, don't follow your unredeemed heart. <laughs> don't follow an unredeemed heart, please. And uh, so, yeah, let that heart recognize that, whoa, woe is me. I am undone. Low. Yeah. Get that salvation, that cleansing, and then go. Yes. Yes, so good. Yeah, and I'm thinking of the story, some of you may have heard this, of the mother eagle who gets the nest all uncomfortable, you know, <laughs> and so that the eaglets begin to fly out because they're just, those eaglets are just so comfortable right there in that <laughs> nest, and the mother has to, you know, get some pokey sticks up in there and make them, and so I, that's what I think of Psalm 120. The pilgrim is, he's getting uncomfortable in this place of just being outside of God's presence. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's inspiring him to get up and go. Right. To get up and move towards Jerusalem. Yeah. Which is where the the end goal is in this whole series. Right. We start here, you know, far off. It's the only psalm that really even mentions a place outside of the land of Israel. Mm -hmm. And then it begins this whole progression of journeying from outside of Israel into the very house of God a in Jerusalem. A closeness, right? A closeness to God. Like right. that's the ultimate, right? Yeah. We're beginning with far off, but the ultimate is a closeness with God. Yeah. And so God will actually allow us to be uncomfortable mm. in order to bring us to a better place. Kick us out of our house to come to his house. <laughs> right. That's that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Amen. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's always the, the first step of revival. Yes. You know, uh, I'm thinking of even Acts. It says, repent that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. It's always that place of woe is me. I, you know, I, I, I'm needy of you, oh God. Yeah. You know, and that's where God sends his spirit. That's where humility, God's, the Holy Spirit is so attracted to humility of, you know, pouring out his love on us, pouring out his spirit. And this, we read history, that's where revival starts. Yeah, humble yourself on the side of the Lord and he will lift you up, right? Yeah. This, God will, he loves the humble heart. I mean, he does. Right. It's just, it's so a part of, well, because it's 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 a connection to the reality, right? Right. That he is God, and we are not. Like I was telling Victoria, I was just going to start a um, uh, a marriage counseling thing, and I was just going to go around singing, "It's not about you," and I would just <laughs> fill in the person's name, you know, Aaron, and none of this is for you, you know. I would just kind of go because you know, that's really like we get so stuck up on ourselves. And um, we're instead of laying it down, we're fighting for our rights, you know. And, and it, right. you know, at this point, actually, it's it's kind of dangerous to talk about fighting for rights because <laughs> our rights are being trampled. And I don't think that we should shouldn't speak up for our rights. But right. it's it's for God, our rights to follow God, not our rights to do what we want to do, but our right. rights to follow God. That's yeah. really what the it bothers my heart about where we're at as a nation. But to, the rights to follow God. Right. So let's make that our priority. Let's let's fight for those rights. Yeah. A little bit off topic, but just talking about like, this is about him. So right. let's humble ourselves before him and be in, in tune with what he's doing. Yeah. A little, yeah. little side topic. Amen. Sorry. So, yeah, I want to look a little bit at the tense of Kedar. These are actually brought up twice uh, in these. We've mentioned before in the previous podcast about the connection with the Song of Songs. Mm. And the tense of Kedar are actually mentioned at the beginning of the Song of Song, the first chapter of Song of Songs as well. Mm. So it's kind of an interesting tie 
but uh, Kedar, let's learn a little bit about Kedar. Kedar was the second-born son of Ishmael, and he's a nomadic, you know, tribes person. The scripture speaks of him as being a wild man, Ishmael being a wild man, mm-hmm. and his children, you know, follow his, right. you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> you know, they, uh, they're also these wild men. They're out right. in the deserts, and they're nomadic. They, mm-hmm. they enjoy war. And so here, the person writing the psalm is saying, woe is me, I'm dwelling among the tents of Kedar. Mm-hmm. It's these, these wild tribes people. Right. And but he's for peace. He yeah. he wants peace, but yet he's surrounded by people that don't want peace. Yeah, I was just I was just reading this morning as we were doing our worship. I, I believe it's Second uh, Chronicles, Second uh, Samuel twenty two. It, t- it says there's a verse in there. that says, "Lord, you deliver me from violence." Right. You know the, this the the God hates violence. You know he does. Right. And it's not a part of who he is. But yeah, this the um those those nations and cultures are very violent cultures and. And it's not what God has for us, you know, but right. it was just a really neat correlation there. Yeah. And so the bride in the beginning of Song of Songs, she's saying, you know, I'm as, uh, I'm as the tents of Kedar. Mm. Uh, and so in, she's comparing, she's saying actually two things. She says, as the curtains of Solomon and as the tents of Kedar, I'm dark but lovely. Mm. And so she's making this poetic, she's giving a visual because Historically, the tents of, tents of Kedar would have been covered with this like black pitch mm-hmm. substance. So there was like black tents, mm-hmm. and the curtains of Solomon would have been these just beautiful white uh, curtains. Mm. And so there's this idea there that uh, the in in this whole imagery that the tents of Kedar, when the bride says this, she's saying, "I God has done this redemptive work." in my life and there's this work of cleansing that he's done mm. made me as white as snow right yeah uh you know in my heart he's, he's begin this inward work but outside i still feel like i'm still struggling uh in the song of songs there's this idea of being tanned by the sun mm-hmm. you know i'm and, and there's this even a connection to ecclesiastes you know life under the sun right you know we're born into this world we experience life under the sun we're getting tanned we're mm-hmm. getting there's some element of just living in this world that makes us dark, yeah, right? That, right? That we're born into sin, right, the scripture yeah. speaks of. And so, but the, the bride, she says, I'm like the curtains of Solomon. He's begun an inward cha- work in me, but I'm also like Still the tents of Kedar. Yeah. Uh, curtains of Solomon, tents of Kedar. There's this paradox going on in, in my own life right. where I'm struggling. It, it, she, she says it in a sense of like, I feel like I'm not measuring up. Right. And it's this place of immaturity. But knowing that God has begun a good work in her, mm gives her the courage to continue the journey. That's good. And so, yeah. Yeah. So there's this whole thing here, even with the beginning of this place of the Psalms of Ascent of, you know, I'm dwelling among the tents of Kedar. I'm dwelling in this strife. There's this place of, I I know that I'm needy of more. Mm. I need to try, I need to move out of this place. And just like the bride in the Song of Songs, I need to move beyond this place of immaturity. Mm. I need to come to a place of maturity and love. Right. Yeah, it's so amazing so. because it's like it is that journey of moving out of a place of need, but for never forgetting that you need him. Right. <laughs> it's like moving yeah. out of this place of um, a, a growing so that you, you didn't necessarily need what you needed before, but now you need more. Right. Like it's always aware of this need that we have of him, right. but never feeling insufficient in the ability to continue to move forward. Right. It's a really amazing relationship right there, that like that back and forth that we always right. will need God. We're getting tanned by the sun, right? We have these elements in our life that we need him to rescue us from, but at the same right. time, we're, st- we're rescued. Right. At the same time, we are rescued. Right. And we're, we're, be, we're be, you know, this continuing 
to uh, move right. forward. So that's yeah. that's a really awesome picture. Yeah, and there's a cultural thing too. In our day, it's actually stylish to have a tan. You know, <laughs> that way people go to get tans, right? <laughs> right? But back in biblical times, a person with a tan was was more of the servant, mm-hmm. more of the person that had to work out in the sun. Right, the Whereas the elite were the ones that you know didn't have to work out in the sun. They were inside. They could you know just not work yeah. out in the yeah. sun. They were the more the scholar, the more the scholar. Yeah. So actually, tanning back and then actually indicated a lower status, mm. and so. Uh, you'll see that in the Song of Songs, this whole idea of, you know, the sun has tanned me. Mm-hmm. and But it's the spiritual picture of we're all born into this world where we get tanned by the sun. We, we're, we're exposed to things that are not of heaven, mm-hmm. you know, where there's this defiling element uh, of being in the world that we need we need to be cleansed. You know, just back to the Isaiah thing, you know, take your coal, cleanse my lips. I'm dwelling in the midst of, you know, this uh, people of evil lips, mm-hmm. and I need you to come and cleanse me. I need you to... to mature me in love mm-hmm. amen amen so it's a kind of a cool connection there uh, but i think when and then talking to people one of the things i really notice uh just is that sometimes people lose patience with themselves yeah but knowing that god has a journey for you mm-hmm. and i just want to encourage our listeners with this it's so important as you're seeking god realize that he has you on a journey mm-hmm. and he's going to mature you in, in love, mm-hmm. but it'll be a journey in yeah. that. You don't, you're not going to come to full maturity just, you know, with a snap of a finger. <laughs> you can, you're going to trust him yeah. to complete the good work that he's begun in you. Mm. And it'll be through many different seasons and phases of life. He has a commitment to you though, that, that he will complete it. Amen. He will complete that good work. Yeah. And just if, you know, we all start at that Psalm 120 mm. or that Song of Songs chapter one spot of saying, God, I'm dark, but lovely. I realize you've done a redemptive work in my heart and you've started this, but I still feel kind of dark. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I'm wrestling with these dark things, maybe from my past mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, but there's an element of grace there. The guy's like, Hey, I love you. Even that spot you're in right there. And I'm going to, I'm going to be with you this whole journey mm. and I'm going to bring you to maturity. Yeah. I always just love the picture, you know, that the guys at the jail, I like to tell them the story about the father, you know, that's holding the hands of his son, you know, Right. Going down the beach, you know, and, you know, you know, in the rough times, you know, he carries them. There's only one set of footprints. You've heard that story. Right. Yeah. About how, how the son looks back over his life and he's like, you know, in the hardest times of my life, you know, God, you know, I was walking alone, you know, like, where were you? And he's right. like, well, those are my footsteps. Right. I was carrying you. Right. And now it's yeah. just, that's uh, this journey. I just, I love that picture of a father holding the hands of his son. It's like, a, you see pictures of that, you know, and it just, it captures something. Mm-hmm. It captures something about the Father's heart for us and wanting right. to to be on this journey with us. Right. Hold on to the hand. Hold on to the hand of the Father and, and go right. walk the walk. The walk. So right. Yeah, amen. So good. So going on to verse 6, My soul has dwelt too long with one who hates peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. So the pilgrim, he's he's got to learn from the beginning that he's in a war. Mm-hmm. He's in a battle. Like this, this journey is not just a... Easy walk through the woods. It's, not, not a cakewalk, as they say. Yeah, it's up and down mountains. You're gonna go through a lot of trials. You got, you know, enemies. A lot, and so, same for us. We just we need to remember that we're in a battle. And one of the things I love about this verse seven, the actual Hebrew, it says "ani shalom." So the actual translation would be "ani shalom v'chiyadaber hemala milchama," which which means "I am peace." I am peace. So. You know, there's a lot of war going on around me. I, I, I've dwelt too long with one who hates peace. Mm-hmm. 
but I am peace. I am peace. <laughs> I, 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 basically, I embody peace. Yeah. In the midst of this turmoil, in the midst of all the chaos going on, I am peace. And yeah. how much we can say that with Yeshua, the Prince of Peace living inside of us, yes. I am peace. You know, I, I, that's who I am. <laughs> and when I speak, but when I speak there for war, I can't help their reaction. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, want, I'm wanting to speak from this place of peace. I want to break, be a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. But if people are going to choose war, you can't stop them. Right. Yeah. Man. But just be encouraged, you know, wherever you are, just to be that place of a, an anchor of peace, yeah. to be peace yes. in the midst of the storm. Amen. Isn't that just a, a high calling? Man, that's so awesome. You, just, you hear about guys in jail, you know, in these, uh, these Christians that have been in prison and stuff. You know, they just got this um, area, you know. Um, I was going into the jail not too long ago, and uh, one of the ladies came to me and said, like, hey, this cell over here is, they've been behaving badly, you know, and been throwing stuff and, and throwing feces and all kinds of stuff <laughs> no. all over. And I was... And I was a couple of cells down from there, and I was like, oh, she's like, just don't go in there. And I was like, okay, you know, okay whatever. And uh, I, when I got to that cell, she was passing by again, and I really felt like, man, I should, you know, I should at least make an attempt to right. speak to these guys. And I said, is it just like a personal safety thing? And she's like, you can do what you want. <laughs> like, I warned you kind of thing. Right. And I was like, you know, I'll, I'll test the waters, you know. And so, like, I walked in, man. I walked in those guys straight. They they gave me their full attention, stood up. One of the guys was like, man, thank goodness you're here. He's like, man, we've just been having a hard day. And it, 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 there was this, like, presence right. that they could sense. Yeah. And it's that it's that peace. You know, it's that God presence. That the, right, Messiah in you, the spirit, stepping into yeah, the situation. The spirit, the spirit of the enemy yeah. is just, like, wrapped. It's just like, oh, <laughs> right. God's here. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, God in you. And, and you have right. that power. Yeah. That was the first time I've ever experienced anything like that. To see right. persons, people's like whole personalities, and personas right. change. Right, and it, it was just a super powerful thing for me to be like, "Wow, God, you know, your presence is is with me. You know, I can right. go into these places. What is it, Zadok? What is it, Zadok uh, Johnson? All the time, he's like, I ain't scared. <laughs> right. He's like talking to these witches and <laughs> <Right>. war, you know, <laughs> these <laughs> wizards and stuff. He's like, I ain't scared. I, <laughs> right. And." Uh, what a what a, a refreshing thing to know that you know peace you right. have that ability yeah. and, and and that's what he said peace I leave with you right right and that we should have said my peace I leave with you right no matter what's going on we can walk in that place of peace yeah and wow that's that's amazing that's great yeah yeah more than just I mean sometimes the Hebrew just brings out such an element that's like wow that's cool more than I am for peace I am peace I am peace. Ani shalom <laughs> yeah walk walk in that today when you hear this message just be like walk up to somebody that your family and friends and be like I am peace just make that declaration and just let them look at you a little funny and then explain but you know use that as a way to to talk about what you've been listening to right yeah so I just want to tie this up just with a personal experience of my own. Uh, I was 11 years old and beginning to take seeking God more seriously. And I can remember having this really dramatic experience, a traumatic experience of, I used to sleepwalk some. And I actually, at one point in my life, considered tying myself to the bed so I wouldn't sleepwalk because mm-hmm. I was kind of wow. worried about it. You know, I just didn't know where I'd end up. <laughs> and so uh, one night though, I ended up in this closet and it was one of these closets where the, you know, the ceiling is coming down in the back of the closet. Mm-hmm. It was an upstairs closet. And so I had my knees on this picture frame, this glass picture frame, and my knees actually broke the glass. And so my knees are digging into the glass. I like had cuts in my knees. And when I woke up, this is the position I'm in. I, I'm lifting up my head, and I hit the ceiling in the back of the closet. 
and my knees are, I have no idea where I'm at Mm. and I'm terrified. Yeah. Just bewildered. Where could I possibly be? Mm. And I just remember crying out, mom, (laughs) you know, I just like, mom, where are you? Help me. And she come up and there was a, there was an element of, there was a spiritual element too, of just like terror. Mm. Uh, Seemed like it was more than just a physical, I mean, physical, it would have been enough, but like there's a spiritual element of, of just being terrorized. (laughs) And so it it was in that moment, I'm relating that to Psalm 120 because God awakened me to this battle that I was in Mm. and it caused me to press into God more Mm -hmm. actually, you know, sometimes realizing that we're under attack, that the enemy is trying to tear us down actually reminds us, Oh yeah, I'm in a spiritual battle. I need to put on the whole armor of God. I need to be in prayer. I need to fast, you know? And so it it was in this period at 11 years old that I just had this realization Mm. and it caused me to seek God. And so just encourage you, whatever things in your past that have been difficult or, you know, felt like you were being victimized, God can use those to actually cause you to run to him. And that's what we're seeing here in Psalm 120. This guy is being victimized in some ways. You know, he's, he's surrounded by people that love war. People are speaking bad, all these different things, but he's not allowing, he's not becoming a victim. Mm. He's not staying in that place of, of, he is peace. Amen. He's peace in the midst of it. Yeah. And he's going to move forward, mm-hmm. not backwards. Yeah. He's going forward. He's going all the way to the house of God. Yeah. And so be encouraged not to remain in a place of strife. You know, he didn't stay there. Yeah. He, he, st- he moved on to Psalm 121. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so Moving you can move out of that, but in a place of peace. Yeah. Uh, and just be peace. Yeah, I mean, yeah. think of David. I mean, that's, who, that's who's writing these. And he, like Saul is trying to kill him. Saul right. is pursuing him, hunting right. him down. Right. Because... You know, he loves, he's, he's done nothing wrong because God's anointing is on him. Right. That's the only thing that God has chosen him. Right. And Saul is trying to destroy him. The enemy through Saul is trying to destroy him. Never forget that this is a spiritual battle. It doesn't make sense to our minds. Right. What's going on in the world doesn't make sense in our natural minds. Right. Excuse me. It is always a spiritual, you know, we're battling in the spiritual to war in the spiritual is how we'll be most effective. Be encouraged out there to begin to really press into prayer. Yeah. And in worship. And, and right. that's really what's going to move the Father's heart on our behalf. Victoria and I were talking about, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, the government, you know, is like if they're trying to track us, you know, and like China, they have all these, right. you know, things where they're watching us and things like that. It's like God can make seeing eyes blind. Right. Like, you know, we don't have to be afraid. All this technology is going to be of no benefit to them. Right. It, you know, in, in the times that come, you know, if it be 50 or another 100 years or even before that, you know, whenever it is, our governments will try and you know, stamp out Jesus or Yeshua in, in the world. Isn't the, the electronics or, you know, all these things, they're not going to help them. Right. Because our God can make seeing eyes blind. He can right. make camp. We're going to become invisible people. <laughs> right. It's going to be awesome. But we don't have to worry because we're going to be battling in the spiritual. Right. We don't, we won't yeah. need the bullets. Right. We don't need the vests. We won't, yeah. Because God will, by my God, I can leap over a wall. Right. Right. I mean, it just, yeah. I, it's, that's awesome. You know, it's like, let's, let's focus on that one way relationship with God. Right. That's going to get us through. Yeah. That's, that is the most important thing. If God uses some of the other things, yes, he uses that. And, and yes, that's a good, but man, focus on that one-on-one relationship with God. Cause that's, right. what's going to be carrying you through. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to pray for you all for, as we close out here, oh, father, we thank you that we can be peace in the midst of the storm. Just pray for our listeners out there that you bless them with your perfect peace, that you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. 
So, Father, in these days, help us to fix our minds on you, that you give us your peace. Oh, God, we thank you. Thank you for victory today. Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Yes. So, shalom to you and yours as you uh, prepare for the Shabbat. And, uh, yes, this is the voice of my beloved podcast where we believe that hearing and following the voice of the Bridegroom King leads to the most abundant and joy-filled life. soul Hashem from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue what shall be given to you oh what shall be done to you you false tongue sharp arrows of the warrior with coals of the broom tree woe is me that I dwell in Meshech that I dwell among the ten of Kedar, my soul is dwelt too long.